Shit's on. It's on. Let's do it. Here we go. Time for another episode of It's This Meets That. I'm Russ. And I'm Jared. Hey. About uh, 10 minutes gone. I'm still in the intro this time because I loved it. Oh, <laughs> uh, you loved it? Oh, my God. Yep. Highly watchable. Little description from IMDb here. A crime thriller that centers on a man whose memory has been lost due to a bank heist gone wrong. The character will need to piece together the missing 10 minutes from his memory in order to determine who sabotaged him. Now, I like the description because it really centers on that missing 10 minutes, which really yeah. is not a factor in the movie at all. I was just going to say that. Like, I read that and I was like, wow, they're really focused on this whole lost memory thing. Like, it's really that important. It really wasn't. You just got hit in the back of the head and that was it. Like, I think there was one point in the movie where he said something like, uh, <clears throat> if only I could piece together those missing 10 minutes. Love the tagline. Keep your enemies close. Pretty solid, pretty cliche, pretty, you know. I, I like that you said cliche because the movie runs on cliches in the best possible way. <laughs> yes, this was a, if this was a car, if this movie was a car, it would run on cliche, unleaded cliche. Yeah. Yep. It was bad. Uh, so spoilers ahead, as always. From this point on, yeah. spoilers galore. If, I mean, we're here to watch these movies, so you don't have to, dear listener, but you've been warned. Yeah, this was a treat. Brian A. Miller is the director who, if you look into, I was like, oh, Brian A. Miller, that doesn't sound super familiar to me. He only directs Bruce Willis movies. Really? <laughs> yeah. Just like the producers that we saw there, uh, what, Emmett and Thurla? Like, yep. this is their 15th uh, Bruce Willis movie, I think, or something like that, or they're working on their 16th. They own do Bruce Willis movies. Yeah, look at this guy. He's done nine movies. Vice, The Prince, Reprisal, this. They're all Bruce Willis movies. Yep, uh, and it shows. I think, like, you know, the the director is definitely, I think, getting what he wants out of Bruce Willis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wonder if they're, like, related or something. Maybe it's, like, his nephew or something, because it's, it's kind of weird. I mean, I guess he found his muse in, in, like, a cardboard cutout version of Bruce Willis, which may have been a better actor to cast in the role. In this particular one, yeah. Um, and so we, we talked about Bruce Willis a bunch, but also starring uh, the incomparable Michael Chiklis. Yeah. Who I know mostly from, like, bad TV roles. And yeah. so for me, like, this might be the crowning achievement of Michael Chiklis' career. He was in a, le, that legit cop show, though, right? He was. Right? Right. The Shield. That's what it was. That was yeah. that was a, that was a pretty legit show. I mean, it went six seasons and people liked it. I think it was. Oh, yeah. like he's a, he's a very legit TV actor. Yeah, he also was the thing in in uh, Fantastic Four, the first one. Yeah, not a movie. No, it shouldn't have been. <laughs> but we're getting we're getting sidetracked here. Yeah. So yeah, Michael Chiklis, this is his crowning achievement. <laughs> uh, and then Meadow Williams, who rumor has it uh, just paid to be in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and she, she plays a pretty big part in the movie, but we'll get to that uh, later. Um, there's one other actor that I want to call out uh, who plays a bit, kind of a big part in the movie, uh, but his name is Texas Battle. That's a fucking pretty amazing name. Not only is it an incredible name, but looking into the roles that he's had, like I am unwi- like unknowingly a huge fan of this guy. Like, yeah. Not only in Final Destination 3, uh, he's in U-Turn 2, which is a great, terrible horror movie. Yep. Uh, He's in uh, the Dragon Ball live action movie from a, a couple years ago. He's got a legit 
uh, rap sheet there. Like, yeah. And I mean, that name again, like that name alone is just better than everything this movie is. Yeah. So. It is probably the fifth or sixth best actor in this movie. So. And that's saying a lot. <laughs> Even the two guys who are supposed to be the leads. Uh, let's talk about who the screenwriters were. So we got uh, Kevin Kel- Kelvin. I thought that said Kevin Kelvin Mao. Yep. Uh, not a writer. We've determined according yep. to his first movie that he's written. Yep. It, and it, it shows and Hey, everyone, you gotta get the first one done and get it on your belt. So that's fine. And uh, Jeff Jingle, which is another great name. Great name. Uh, also not a writer. He's a special effects guy. So kind of sets you up for where we're going to be in terms of quality of writing. Yeah, which I, I didn't, I looked into it right before I started watching this, and, and I was like, oh, I'm glad that I did, because once we got into it, I was like, is this a joke? And then I was like, oh, it is. Okay. <laughs> yep. Yep. It all made sense. Were we able to pull up, uh, we, I, we couldn't, I don't think we could find budget numbers. I, I assume it's probably like, probably just over a million dollars, million dollars going all to Bruce Willis, and then the leftover, like, 50 bucks they had, they made the movie. Well, undisclosed, and then, you know, rumor has it, I'm saying there's a lot of rumor has it, so we'll get into it with the fast facts, but rumor has it that uh, that it had a sizable budget, um, but the producers insisted on taking million-dollar salaries, and uh, so, like, the movie itself was actually made with uh, a shoestring, like nothing. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that later. Um, and it, and we do have a number worldwide gross of $323,989. That's not that bad. <laughs> like, compare it to compare it to the fanatic. <laughs> like this movie should have realistically just cost ten thousand dollars to make, and then this would be like, wow, that is that yeah, that's that's great. That's a good return there. But yeah, if it wasn't for Bruce Willis's fee, I'm sure this would have been wildly profitable. <laughs> yes. But then you think, like, if Bruce Willis isn't in it, you're not pulling in those, you know, nope, sorry, pun happening here, but those diehard Bruce Willis fans. Um, Great point. You know. Uh, and when I was looking into the uh, the earnings on this movie, too, so that's just the, the, the worldwide gross there is just for box office. It's actually done really well on, uh, on video sales. Um, so, like, there's another 700,000 or so in video sales. So, like. Really? Yeah, looking at probably bringing in like a, about a million dollars for this movie. All right, I mean that's 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 maybe they broke even with it. No, definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> you only have to pay Bruce Willis for a couple hours, which it seems like they did. <laughs> uh, I feel like you're still going to be this. This is probably a multi-million dollar movie. Yeah, it's got it's got straight to video, straight to DVD, straight to the bin box, you know, discount box at Walmart, uh, written kind of all over it. And they might as well just call it that discount heist, right? Yeah, I mean, we watch it on uh, Amazon Prime. Shout out to Jeff Bezos. Yeah, and if you can watch it on Amazon Prime for free, great, do that. <laughs> Definitely don't spend money on this movie if you don't have to. Or don't waste the eight to nine minutes and go outside. Yeah, that's true. That's probably better advice. Right. Go out, hug your, chi- hug your, hug your children. <laughs> yep. Hug your children, go outside with a mask on, and go for a walk for an hour and a half. Yep. And you'll, it's probably a better spending of your time. Yes. <laughs> We're not here to, to give this movie, any of these movies that we talk about, any reason to watch them. But, yeah. 
And we're not here to tell you to exercise either. Do that if you want to. It's up to you. Uh, exercise at your own risk. Uh, make sure you're drinking lots of water, staying hydrated. And if it's too hot, just take a break, you know? Yep. All right. Uh, what's, give me your, what's your, what's your Hollywood pitch in this guy? Yeah. So it took me a while to think about, and uh, I think I finally thought of some, a good, uh, a good analogy here. Yep. Um, Bruce Willis. So obviously we're going to go die hard. Um, but the worst die hard, which is a good day to die hard. Yes. And, uh, yeah, just awful movie all around, but meets Dog Day Afternoon uh, for a number of reasons. One, similarly botched heists for uh, mm-hmm. something that's really not worth that much. Like, I don't know if you remember the, the bank that Al Pacino chooses to rob is, uh, has, like, no money in the safe. There's one point where they're like, oh, it's like $30 million in jewels. And I'm like, that's so little money. <laughs> Like, for the amount of attention this heist is getting, for the amount of, like, cops that died in this heist, like, it's not that much money. <laughs> but they did, well, I mean, they did reference how easy of a job it was supposed to be. So, like, this is, like, and they mentioned that multiple times, which we'll get into the writing, but many times they're like, this is supposed to be an easy job. Why isn't this happening? Yeah, and not only is it not only is it just for the thirty million dollars worth of jewels, but it's also they're only getting paid total as a crew five hundred thousand dollars, which right. like, makes sense if it's a real easy job, but still like kind of stupid. Like, <laughs> well, they also didn't know how much the what they're actually getting. Remember, because it was in that locked box. Like the the, the crew doing the the thieving didn't know what was in that box. I thought they knew it was a half a million dollars. No, no, all they all they knew was that they were getting the half a million. That was it because Bruce Willis oh. character. Yeah, Bruce Willis' character got, which, yes, I agree, like half a million for that risk is not. There's like six people, and, and like, like they're, they're cutting in so many people here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then, yeah, I'll, I'll, just in general, I feel like it was a perfect, perfect Dog Day Afternoon, which also wasn't a great movie. I actually like Dog Day Afternoon. All right, well, do you think? <laughs> well, uh, you know, we'll agree to disagree that you're wrong, so. Um. So that's a good one. I like that one. Uh, I went with Inside Man Meets a Lobotomy. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, I've been having a hard time lately finding a second movie. I, as you've caught probably in the last two or three movies we've done this, I'm having a hard time finding a second movie to, to put it in. Like Inside Man, because like, Inside Man was actually a really good movie. And then picture Inside Man, a really good movie, but like with a lobotomy. And I think that describes... That makes sense. You do know the podcast is called It's This Meets That. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I'll work on being better with it. I just, it's tough, man. That's tough. That, that, like, that wouldn't be a pitch that someone would be like, you know what? I'm going to give you money for that. I'd be like, I know. You're right. <laughs> yeah, I think that makes sense, though. Like, it's definitely, somebody got lobotomized. It was definitely Kelvin Mao and or Jeff Jingle. And definitely uh, Bruce Willis. He, I mean, he went through this movie like he had a lobotomy. He was kind of like weirdly smirking the whole time when he was delivering his lines. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I know I'm getting paid by the end of the day. Probably like, I can't wait to leave Cincinnati. All right, so we'll move on. That's a Hollywood pitch. So uh, let's get through some fast facts before we get into the teardown here. When I was looking into fast facts for this, we mentioned it at the beginning, but most of the fast facts here are pulled from some uh, bitter person who worked on the movie. And they're probably correct. Yeah. Uh, they're like definitely very... Uh, very slanted uh, trivia on the IMDb page, uh, which anyone can add. So open season on IMDb. So we'll take it with a grain of salt, but it's still fun to read. And there really is no other fast facts about this movie. Uh, it was filmed in Cincinnati. That's not really a fast fact because they, they say they're in Cincinnati. Right. Um, wow. So I was thinking about it. 
while we're saying you, anyone can submit anything to trivia, someday when we have listeners, why don't, if we're doing a trailer ahead of time and you know what's coming up, why don't you go submit some trivia about the movie uh, and we'll probably read it. Yeah. yeah, why not? Fuck it. Make it up. Through an IMDb. <laughs> Fast facts. We should call it fast, n- no fact checking facts. <laughs> yes. Who does that? No one does fact checking anymore, right? So come on. Yeah. We're, we're a post-truth society, Russ. Before we get too deep, yeah, so some of the, like, well, let's go through some of the, the awesome trivia we, we've read from this clearly enraged uh, human being who probably worked in this movie or was somehow associated with it. This is kind of obvious. I think I even said this before, but Bruce Willis filmed all the scenes in one afternoon. I buy that. I mean, yeah, right. Didn't change clothes. Definitely didn't. <laughs> he just wore a suit and they're like, you need to stand in a room, deliver these 35 lines, which are absolutely fucking terrible. Um, and then get out of a car at the end of the movie, and then that's it. I was going to say, he may be, I mean, it's a short movie, it's 89 minutes, but uh, he maybe has like 10 minutes of screen time. <laughs> yeah, like once, if you strung it all together, it's probably like 10 minutes. Yeah. I do like this one. This is kind of fun. I don't, this is, this can't be real, but who knows? Uh, Michael, Michael Chiklis felt his appearance didn't project the character, his character's rage, and we'll get into a little more specifics about each character's, but he requested his eyebrows plucked to appear constantly angry. Did he yeah. appear angry to you? Yes, for one. And two, I totally buy this because I, I mentioned it before, I wasn't a huge appreciator of Michael Chiklis until this movie. Like yeah. this refining role, and I think he nailed it. And uh, like you could tell that he really took his acting seriously. I could totally see plucking his eyebrows just to be more in character. I bet he like went around set being like, call me Frank. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's method right there. Like, that's taking its next level, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, you get yeah. the Jared Letos in, in, the, in the Shia LaBeouf who get tattoos and, and get into their roles, and then you've got you get the Chickless who fucking plucks his eyebrows. Like, that's fucking method. You're in here first. Shia LaBeouf is Michael Chickless. <laughs> As Michael Chickless? I'd watch that. Uh, let's see the other fast facts here. Uh, shot in only 12 days. That's whatever. Shoestring budget. Uh, and then I love how quickly this fast, this fact, uh, how quickly this, this little fast fact just takes a nosedive to Terrible Town. It's like shot in only 12 days on a shoestring budget. Okay. Because the producers took million dollar salaries and were later sued by a production company. It makes perfect sense. I also would have sued anyone who worked on this. I think I want to sue them for making me watch this. I guess they didn't make me watch this. I want to sue them for making this. How about that? No, we made ourselves. We did. Yeah. Okay. I can't sue anyone then. Um, and then the next four or five are literally like just rage induced trivia. Like it's actually definitely someone just was angry, right? Yeah. And they're paragraphs long. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. If, if a fact is like more than I think two sentences, it's just kind of like, well, you're just, I don't know, explaining something. It's not really, you know, right? Is that, is that oh, how? Fast facts here, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So mostly from then on, it's just pretty much them shitting on this actress, Meadow Williams, who it sounds like was an investor and basically just bought herself. A role in the movie yeah which i think is justifiable because she was awful uh she's in she's in a lot of stuff that was the thing that surprised me like i recognized i don't recognize her anymore which we'll probably get into she looks like she's had a few rough years um but <clears throat> she's in like a million things <laughs> yeah um, she's got 37 acting credits on imdb all over the place she's on married with children <laughs> Like, that's, 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 uh, that's some distance there. 
Yeah, a couple of the murders she wrote, like that's huge. In the mask. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Beverly Hills Cop Three. What? <laughs> the Nutsoids at Cannibal Cannibal Cove. Oh yeah, that one. That's a classic. Yeah, nineteen eighty nine classic. Maybe we'll get it. Maybe we'll watch that one. We should just go on a Meadow Williams kind of run here and see. Yeah, absolutely. She's she's a star, and uh, and it shows in this movie. Yeah, because in another in the trivia here, uh, it's just trivia takedown. I think at this point, it's not even really trivia. I think it's just takedowns. But actor Michael Chiklis worked on the clock to try to teach her acting one hundred and one, but no one was able to create a performance. Yeah, yeah. Whoever whoever wrote these hates Meadow Williams and loves Michael Chiklis. <laughs> yes, that's all I can get from those fast facts. So Michael Chiklis's mom, like, <laughs> right? She's on IMDb. She's fucking. Tearing it apart. Um, all right, so let's tear this thing down. So the first thing that we both noticed is MoviePass Films. Studio credits here at the beginning. Yeah, aren't they bankrupt? They're most bankrupt. Like, they've gone bankrupt, like, three times. Like, they had to dissolve the parent company, like, recently. Like, there's, like, a, I was a big believer in MoviePass at the time because it was way too good to be true. Well, yeah, and good things that are too good to be true are not at some point. Right. Exactly. Um, and then another one where I think we commented on it last time, there were like eight studios involved in the production of this somehow. <laughs> that's just the, that's the, that's the times we're in because you need to pull money from multiple places these days, you know, unless you're some big blockbuster, you're only going to get, everyone's got to shop around and get money from everyone, you know? I guess so. I mean, yeah, we, we, I don't think we said it, but this movie came out last year. It's not like it's, you know, this yeah. is, this is the future we're living in. Yes, this is, we are in the future. Yeah. And then speaking of being in the future, the guy saying reverse engineered, blah, blah, like we, the, we, you walk into the scene, they're sitting in a bar. It's Michael Chiklis and uh, the other guy there, Joe, his brother, that yeah. is really inconsequential. Uh, yeah. Come to find out. But he's like sitting there saying like all these words that don't really make full sentences. Yeah. Uh, and you're, you're like, oh, okay. Ah, he's the brains of the operation. All right. Yeah. Okay. He's important. Yeah. So let, well, let's get, let's touch on like kind of where all the players are. Right. So, the crew, which is made up of what, five people? So you got Chiklis' character, right? Who's the best safe cracker outside of New York City. And I was like, what about inside New York City? There's obviously better guys there, which I thought was funny. The best safe cracker in Cincinnati. Yeah. <laughs> so you have Chiklis, his brother Joe, and then these other three jabronis. Uh, and then you've got the, the, the girlfriend of Joe, right? The brother. She's the bartender at the bar. Obviously bartender because that's where you work as a bar. And then in another space that cut back and forth, you got Bruce Willis in a room with two other rando guys and this other guy who apparently hired Bruce Willis to pull a crew together to rob this bank to get this thing out of the safety deposit box that only he knows what's inside of it, right? Yeah, Texas battle. Now, I don't know if you remember, and I forgot to write a note about this, but, uh, oh no, they get to it, but, uh, I thought this was before, but don't they? Well, so here's what, the, the timeline at the beginning is weird. So they do, yeah. they, they come in on the bar yep. and they're, they're, you're meeting the crew and yep. then it, and it's the credits and the credits take half an hour. <laughs> that's, that's what happened. Okay. That's right. I was like, wait, cause I wrote down this three card Monty thing, which we should get into. All right. Okay. Yeah. So they go into a bar, you're in a bar planning a heist, by the way. And it's funny how they have like all their paperwork, like, like sprawled out in the bar. And it's like, this is still a public place. Like people can still come in here and have a beer. 
Oh, totally. Yeah. Actually, in my first note after that, because it's right, it's right where, right where it first shows Michael Chiklis. I, I kind of had forgotten what he looked like from all of those other TV shows and things. And I, my first note is literally, was that Michael Chiklis? Oh my God, he looks awful. <laughs> <laughs> he, just, like, he just looks like, like kind of shorter, fatter Bruce Willis. They're just two old bald white guys. Yeah, he's like really let himself go over the last few years. <laughs> There's definitely a moment when they're finally on screen together at the very end, and it's like, it's the same person. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, go on. So yeah, they're sitting in the bar, no privacy. <laughs> no privacy, they're at the bar, and then yeah, the brother Joe, clearly the brains of the operation, is just spewing out basically heist buzzwords, right? Definitely uses the phrase reverse engineer, which yep. I don't know what, 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 I don't know what they're reverse engineering. He was reverse engineering the, the exit points. <laughs> so, you're, like, so what you're saying is you just planned out where you can leave from. <laughs> yeah. Just call it an escape route. Yeah, call it an escape route. Yeah. Reverse engineer? What, do you, what the fuck are you reverse engineering? That's... There are a lot of real applications of that phrase. This was not one of them. <laughs> fuck, man. Um, okay, so that was the bar. Do you have anything else about the bar? No, not really. Then I just had the credit sequence, which I loved, because uh, it was a good five minutes out of the 89 minutes. Yeah. And it's this, I love how uh, it made, they made it seem like they were naming the people. Like, you saw, like, Meadow Williams, but then it was, like, some guy robbing a bank. <laughs> like, oh, wait, yeah. like, it did, like, a little brief, like, freeze frame, slow motion thing. Like, it made it seem like the name should be related to the person that they were showing, and it wasn't. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I thought at first too. And I was like, oh, I can, okay, this is cool. This is fine. I also, I mean, I, the, the credit scene was probably the best part of this entire movie because I, I thought it was cool that they were basically showing you the heist. And yeah. I was like, okay, this could be, it's kind of fun, right? They're showing you what's actually going to happen. Oh, right? see, I didn't like that. So I was like, am I just, am I watching the movie before I watch the movie? <laughs> well, then I was like, oh, this is going to be cool. Then it's going to be a build up to like, you know, where, where are, you know, what happened and, what's going on. I'm, I'm fine with that. But yeah, I mean, whatever. It was definitely way too long. Bruce Willis with like the deck of cards. And then that's when we get into Michael Chiklis at the end of the credits explaining what the three card Monty is, right? Yes. And I wrote, oh man, I wonder, I wonder if this is going to come back later. I roll, but it doesn't really. I mean, it's because it, like no one was, there was no coordinated plot between characters that would seem like they weren't together, right? Because that was the whole explanation he gave, was that he had, what, markers or whatever, and he said that there was people who were, like, egging on the, the, the person who you're, the mark, right? But they're actually working with the dealer. Right. I don't know. It was, a, it was pretty flimsy, pretty, pretty stupid. But. Yeah. So, uh, quick little aside on when, he, when Bruce Willis is delivering those lines, and he's... He, they, it, showed, it zooms in on his watch being like inside his wrist like that. Like, I missed that. Why? <laughs> like, first of all, like, why would you wear your watch that way? And then uh, Thais was watching it with me. And uh, apparently she was saying that women in Japan wear their watches on the inside of their wrist like that. Uh, it's like a trend there. But we are both can, like, why would you do that, Bruce Willis? <laughs> yes. And then never reference it again. Like, it seems like a, they make a deliberate case of him being like, oh, like, look at the inside of my wrist watch maybe they're well because they do they, they they do fucking close-ups of the cracked watch which we'll get to like yeah. every fucking time maybe, uh, watches. maybe watches is the theme <laughs> was it an omega maybe there were, maybe it was a product placement we, we missed or something i don't know but yeah i could see that 
it was a it was a bad it was a bad like reference tie into the whole ten minutes time thing. Um, yeah. yeah, Bruce Willis just bad, like real bad, real real bad, like really bad, like unbelievably bad. Like I think I wrote like I think a card. I've said this before. I think a cardboard cutout would have been better. Than yeah. Bruce they could have just dubbed over the lines with uh, someone who sounds like Bruce Willis, which I'm sure those are a dime a dozen in Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, and, Bruce Willis. Yeah. Don't even have to pay Bruce Willis. Just like pay him for the licensing for the cardboard cutout. For his, for his likeness. And then that's it. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's not all his fault. Uh, like definitely he could have done better with delivery, but the lines that were written for everyone in this movie were, like it's it's actually I think some of the worst writing I've ever heard in a movie. Like the just all cliches from bank heists. Uh, like every like people are like oh this person has never had a conversation with someone. <laughs> like whoever wrote this movie has never had a conversation with a person with a human being ever. Yeah, because you wouldn't say any of these things. Like I love like I just immediately started like oh I heard one of your boys had an image problem. You're like yeah just a bunch of hardcore rotten luck and you're like. What? Who, who says that? No one. No one says that. Um, yeah. So I love, so the entire movie, like you said, Bruce was only like 10 minutes, pretty much all screen time. I love, so in, he's in this open room, this, this big room, the planning room, where the fuck it is, probably in the hotel he was staying at. Um, who, and like there's, you know, equipment, whatever, kind of sprung about. And then there's a table with the bank, a little model version of the bank. And little like model cars and all this sort of stuff. Like, where do you get that stuff? And who's making that? They got a guy. It's probably like the uh, it's probably the woman Ivory. But right. we'll find out about it until like three quarters of the way through. <laughs> we got a lot to talk about Ivory, but yeah, uh, I heard it's probably like he's got he seemingly has a whole team of people working for him that you never see. Yeah, really aren't important, but like you know, Bruce Willis has a guy for that. He's got a model bank guy. He's also like the dumbest mastermind ever. And I think we'll get into that, but like he literally was just, he, he was exposition. The, all of his dialogue was just exposition. And he was the guy who was asking all the questions. Like, dude, aren't you the mastermind? Aren't you the one who pulled the crew together? Are you the one who set this job up? Yes. yes. You were literally just asking all the, like, that's just bad writing. Like, what are you, what are you doing? Is it and then also the lighting in that opening scene. I don't know if it bothered you at all, but uh, for me, the, like, there was no thought put into it. Like lots of stuff was washed out in the beginning. Like I'm glad they fixed it. Cause I didn't, I didn't call it out anywhere else in the movie. I feel like the rest of it was kind of fine. But at the very beginning when the cam, when the camera, first of all, never stops panning around. Ugh. Like the camera is moving constantly. <laughs> it's okay to like, I know they say like you want camera moving, but it's okay to like, it's like too much. Like, like, <laughs> holy shit, dude. Like just, you can stop moving the fucking camera for like a second. And it was just like, Yes, and I think because of that, like they didn't have time to prep the lights well for the whole room, and so like this, there were so many times in the beginning there where like Bruce Willis, because he's you know bald and whatever, like he's basically washed out of the of the, and I was like, why, why would you film it this way? <laughs> you only got him for a day, and if you go over an hour, that's another fucking hundred thousand dollars, probably, you know. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but then like it gets right into the job. I don't know if you have more in the planning scene there, but 
The only thing I was going to call about uh, the the job part, the planning there. So Bruce Willis in this room with three other guys. Uh, one guy, Texas Battle, yep. who is just kind of like this outside guy who hired Bruce Willis to get a crew to do this job, right? To rob something very specific from the bank. Yep. Um, there's two other guys in the room. There's like one guy who's just like, I guess a bodyguard, henchman, whatever. He says nothing. They do a bunch of like close-ups on it. It's like, who gives a shit? Um, and then three... There's that random guy who's like the tech guy, but there's one moment where the guy who Texas battle comes in with a bag of money. Remember he comes in, he's just like opens up the bag and like shows it to him. And like Bruce Willis, like sidekick tech guy just looks inside the bag. He's like, yeah, it looks about right. Like what? <laughs> like it's literally like it's supposed to be, well, I think there's supposed to be 500,000 in the bag and there's gonna be another 500,000 once they finish the job. Right. Cause I think that's how it works. Like, you just look inside the bag. Yeah, it looks about five hundred thousand. Like, what's about half a million dollars? I think the I think they were trying to show like, wow, these guys are hardened criminals. Like, they yeah. definitely know what a bag full of cash looks like. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So I think we got all the players in, in position now. Um, and then let's let's get right. I guess it goes it goes into the heist again, even though we saw it during the credits. But now the actual heist, right? Right. So it starts with Griff. Uh, Griff walking into the bank. In his disguise. Oh, which, by the way, looks like a $10 fucking, like, party store disguise with, like, the fucking hat and the mustache. is like, dude, you look more suspicious. <laughs> the most suspicious disguise of all time. <laughs> like, he's wearing a hat and sunglasses and a very clearly fake mustache. <laughs> he's, like, walking in, like, tipping his hat to all the security people. Like, what? <laughs> like, why would you want... Like, in the bank is not... You know, like I've been to the TD Bank down the street uh, where, uh, shout out to TD Bank, where they have plenty of windows and you're like, uh, you know, it, maybe it's justifiable to wear a hat and sunglasses inside because it's so bright. This is the darkest bank of all time. Like it's in a, it's underground bank that they're in. There's no windows at all. And he's wearing a uh, hat and sunglasses deep inside. And you're like, this not credible. This makes no sense. Yeah, so we, oh, that's right. So they, the, we should go through it. Like, so we have Chickless character is the, the safe cracker. Her, his brother Joe is the brains, right? Griff is the, uh, he's the tech guy, right? right? And then there's the other two jabronis who are like the muscle, basically. Right. Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, but yeah, that was just kind of weird, right? So you go, they go to the bank and then yeah. uh, they kick off the whole heist, right? They kick things off. He's pulling out video cards or whatever fucking cameras and then chickless and his brother they go down to, to crack the safe which yeah they got the bag full of, uh, they're about to get the bag full of jewels they're trying to in the safe and they yep. and like, they just like had this like little box with a random number generator on it <laughs> is that a real is that a real thing is that kind of no definitely not <laughs> He's like sitting there and he's like holding this little box that's like hooked up to the safe somehow and it's like just like flashing numbers and red on it and he's like hey i gotta concentrate it's like, his yeah. like wait concentrate on what it's just it seems it seems like what it's supposed to be doing is like trying all the possible combinations if you're the best safe cracker outside of new york clearly not inside of new york outside of new york like you should be so good where nothing should break your concentration what you're doing which is by the way just staring at a fucking box still never pops up and then trying it yeah, well, and, and that's the thing, too. So, like, I feel like the, the door was even unlocked kind of before he even tried it. Like, it was, I don't know, nothing in that scene made sense. How he actually opened that safe made zero sense to me. Yeah. 
Yeah, I didn't, I didn't get it at all. So then, so they're doing that. They, they get the safe open. They find this, this safety deposit box. They, they pull out the thing that they're trying to find. Hey, we got it. They have some dialogue about like, this is it. We're good. We can fucking go, you know. Retire on this big score. like Big score of fucking $100,000 we're going to make because we have no idea what's inside this box. And then the alarm goes off, right? Alarm kicks off. Not part of the plan. Right. The two jabronis, we're going to call them jabronis, the two tough guys, they go outside, they just start, cops pull up, they just start fucking blasting away, right? Yeah, it's like uh, GTA Five kind of style, like, just shots fired everywhere, no aiming. <laughs> no aiming. I don't know how much ammo they actually had on them. Uh, it was like infinite ammo, basically. It was like, yeah, it was like basically being in a video game. Um, and like, that was like when the camera was like shaking so much, it was like making me sick. I'm like, dude get a fucking tripod. It's okay. Like you don't need to move the camera like this, like to show action because it was pretty lame action. That's probably why they didn't move the camera that much, but and it was long. It was a long shootout. And like all of the officers are terrible shot. They don't get any shots in on nope. the bad guys. Somehow there's like 15 responding officers. Yep. And none of them get a single shot in on these guys who are exposed. Most of it, like most of the time walking around with shotguns, black yep. officers. <laughs> and they're literally hiding behind a car that, like, just said and got just flanked them. Like, put someone on the other side. <laughs> yes, there's, and there's a million officers around. Like, I'm sitting there because it's this is it's probably like I don't know five to ten minutes worth of just like loud gunshots. Yeah. Uh, and uh, like, I'm like, what's the goal of this? Like, there's no way these two guys possibly escape. Like, are they are they supposed to be like the sacrifice distraction? Yeah. Because, like, how are they getting out of this? Like, they're so overwhelmed with firepower from the police. And yet? <laughs> and yet? And yet they steal a police car then and murdered a bunch of officers. None of them take any hits at all. And they get away. They just, like, drove away. Yeah, like, that's it. That was the entire Cincinnati police force. Done. We're done. That's it. We're all out. We're all out of cops. Yeah, and the last guy was like, whoa, oh, no. I guess I should have, like, these guys are dangerous. Like, put out a all-points bulletin. <laughs> I also love how, like, during this, this fucking gun battle, they do they zoom in on, like, guests, like, their sergeant or the fucking captain lead cop guy there. And he yeah. says he says the line, and I quote, headshots. Like, what is it? What? <laughs> oh, I know. I, now I know why he says that. He says headshots, and then right after that, he says they got body armor. And I feel like, I feel like that's like, thanks, Captain Obvious. Like, like the cops are just like, oh no, oh, I didn't see that. Oh, okay, thanks for the heads up. Like, yeah, uh, there's just so many like little throwaways in that scene too. Of like, because then there was the there was the woman who's like, hey, cops, like, hey, help back here. And he's like, I'm in the middle of something. <laughs> Like I'm in this, I'm in this crazy shootout. Can't you see that? And she's like, "Oh no, but like we need some attention over here." And he's like, "Hold on, get back inside." And then he gets blown away. <laughs> it was like so random. I was like, "Why is that lady like jumping out in the middle of a gunfight?" Like, dumbass, get the fuck back inside. And he's basically like, "Get the fuck back inside." No one would do that. <laughs> so uh, related to what we were, uh, we were talking about before we recorded, but um, this movie's rated R, and they're like. Sure, there's violence, and like this scene is probably one of the more violent scenes. But also, there's there's no blood. Like there's no like it's not it's not at all. Other than they say fuck like ten times in the movie. That's all you need you need to say it twice, I think, to get an R rating. I know, but like like this could have easily if you had changed the dialogue slightly, and it's not like they were really missing out on anything by changing it. Like they could have been you know wildly more accessible to a 
you know, could have bumped that 300 grand up to maybe like 400 grand. <laughs> right? Oh, man. So, Jesus. So that's the heist, which, by the way, we see, like, th- played out three times, by the way. We see the full, we see the full heist, like, in true time. And because, well, let's get to the end of the, the heist, I guess. So, yeah, big so they, crazy gunfight outside. Um, yep. We go back inside, alarm's still going off. Chickless and his brother are making a, they go to the, their primary escape, which is upstairs for some reason. They're like, nope. <laughs> let's go to the secondary. Okay. So they go to the secondary escape, which is basically out the back door, which, why are there no cops like, anyways, yeah. There's all the reverse engineering paying off. Oh, right, 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 yes. We'll just go out the back door because all these cops are dumb and they're all going to be up front, even though they didn't, the cops weren't supposed to be there. Anyways. Right. They just walk out a back door into an alley. And then this is when, this is the moment where Chickless's character gets hit over the back of the head by someone. Yep. Fucking Shadow Ninja comes out of fucking nowhere behind the trash can, yep. hits him over the head, right? And then we, we, we wake up with Chickless. He's on the ground. There's a gun in front of him, and his brother is shot dead in the trash. This is the critical 10 minutes. <laughs> so, that's, so that's it. And then he's like, now he's on. His brother is dead, and he's just like, whatever. I'll leave him in this trash, I guess, because I got to go. That's fine. How long was he out for? Actually, we, we have an idea of how long he was out for. I think that's the 10 minutes gone. Isn't that what the movie is named after? Isn't that like the part when he's out? Because that's the part that he doesn't remember. So he's laying, so let me get this straight. So he's laying in the alley for 10 minutes. Yep. Everyone else has left. And yep. still no cops came to the back alley to be like. I think so, yeah. I mean, like. Hey, there's a dead body and this guy is laying here. Like, yeah. These, I don't, these are the dumbest cops like, of all time, by the way. Like, it's Cincinnati also. Like, these guys could have been like three alleys down the street. Who knows? Like, I feel like it's plausible that, that, that they're in an alley and nobody noticed at this point. After ten minutes, like it's not that long. Like there's a lot of dead cops. I feel like they got to attend to. That's true. That's fair. You gotta, uh, you know, you gotta suspend disbelief, suspend belief, uh, whatever that fucking line is. Yeah. Um. Okay. I buy that. So he wakes up. His brother's dead. He goes over. He's like, "Oh man," convincingly sad that his brother is dead. Um, right. And when I say that, not at all. And then he just hops in the car that's right there and drives away. And now it's like. Now he's got a piece. Oh, okay, so he's laid on the ground for 10 minutes. Now he's got a piece. That's right, because his watch cracks, and it's like 10, 12, 15 or whatever, right? Right. Right, so then it goes back to Bruce Willis in his like little planning cave there with Texas Battle, and he's like, oh, God. He's like, I haven't heard from any of these guys. It's all over the news. This is going crazy. Like, yeah. what's going on? And then he's like, and then I, lo- I loved this line, and Bruce Willis just goes, looking at uh, this woman who apparently is like his – whatever number two uh, you, bodyguard. Uh, yeah you find out much later ivory uh and he's like none of this connects back to me and you're like yeah. okay you're like wait how would it who are you what like what the fuck is happening what is this movie <laughs> <laughs> no one no one I, yeah exactly like what there's then, no there's no sense that you would right now that you're like you're just a guy in a room yeah <laughs> And like Tim Battle is there delivering his lines. He's arguably the worst delivery in the whole movie. Like everything that he says is like, is like he's looking at the camera and being like, and then like, but you said your guys were good. Yeah. <laughs> and there's like these weird pauses of like, and then Bruce Willis is like, it was the caper, the caper that went sideways. Actually, that that was better than what how he said it. I think the way I just said it right now is I think actually better than the way he said it. I came in. Yeah, because Texas Battle is like, oh, well, like, you know, it must have been one of your guys that screwed us over, blah, blah, blah. 
And Bruce Willis goes, yeah, it was the caper that went sideways. And you're like, wait, <laughs> like, who says that? Like, what a weird turn of phrase. <laughs> it's such like a, uh, uh, right, it did. It, it did? It, it did go, right. Who's this caper? Like, is this the third like, like, it was the caper that went sideways, see? Like, <laughs> this dialogue was like, it's like chewing on fucking raw kale. It's just like, this sucks. This is so bad. And, <laughs> the whole scene was like very long and every time we went back to Bruce Willis's like cave there with Texas Battle yeah. that whole that whole room and all their interactions was literally just exposition and it was just them oh yeah telling you what the fuck was going on and why things were happening but all that just made no sense and I didn't give a shit about anything they had to say yeah they realized it was important to explain the whole movie because you couldn't get it just by watching <laughs> Like, oh, wait, what if we just had Bruce Willis say what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Have him give his Bruce Willis smirk a couple times and move on. Yeah. So Chickless is now kind of on the run. He's trying to figure out what the fuck happened for the last 10 minutes, right? Well, exactly. So he goes to the bar, um, his, his first stop, where they were planning everything. Where they were planning, because that makes sense. Go yeah, to the very public place where you were planning this fucking heist in the very wide fucking open. Sure. Okay, let's go back there. Yep, and he walks up to the bartender. He's like, "Give me a whiskey." <laughs> okay, this, this, this track. <laughs> and he like just puts down like a five dollar bill, and then asks immediately for a refill. And the guy, the bartender who deserves in uh, some kind of award for this, uh, great performance. Yeah. Uh, you drinking to forget? He goes, "I'm drinking for my brother." And then the guy nods. And you're like, <laughs> "What? What just happened?" <laughs> Like, do these do these people know each other? Do they like? Or I guess it's just supposed to be like, oh, he's supposed to be a ter- stereotypical bartender who, you know, cares about your problems and like. And at the same time, I'm thinking like the bar is packed. There are a ton of guys in here. And you're like, what was the casting like for the scene? Like, mm, let me get a bar full of shady looking guys. Like, what? I think they literally just pick strangers off of the Cincinnati streets and like get in here. Yeah, like did they pay them sag rates for that? Like, what are they trying to do? <laughs> You're probably like, hey, you want a free beer? Yes. Okay, you'll be in a movie for like two seconds. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that whole bartender scene was really weird. It was like, again, way too long and very strange. Like, what bartender tells you, like, drinking to forget? It's like, what? <laughs> I, I'm going to go home now and think about my life. No. Like, <laughs> who the fuck says that? Uh, bartenders in movies, apparently. Um, and, like, the whole movie takes place over, like, I don't know, seven hours. So, <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a, just a single day, right? It's all one day. There's no way he processes his brother's death, like, appropriately. Like, I guess that's their one. Yeah, you're right. Like, they're trying to make him seem human or whatever. Michael Checklist wildly outacting Bruce Willis the whole movie. Like, oh, like oh, big, big I, almost believe, I almost believe in this character. Yeah, almost. 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 <laughs> so uh, then he upstairs, right? He goes upstairs to try and find Claire. Yep, Claire, who is Joe's Joe, dead, dead Joe, who's the brother for Chickless, his character, Frank, who's dead in an alley now in, a, in fucking trash bags, right? Yep, Goes to his girlfriend, Claire, who's the bartender at the same bar with the other dumbass bartender. Um, and she's upstairs, right? Right, exactly. And she's immediately not rattled by Joe's death. Like, no. he's very clearly a bad actor. Um, and then yeah. also a bad actor. Like, you know, come to find out, spoilers for later. 
you know, like, I guess if you think about her bad acting that way, you can make it make sense of being like, oh, of course she wasn't surprised that Joe died. Because she she's the one who killed him. <laughs> yeah, so Michael Chiklis walks in and he's like, God, Joe's dead. And she's like, what happened in there? <laughs> You're like, uh, what? <laughs> so weird. And I, yeah, definitely looking back, it's like, oh, maybe, maybe that was genius. Or was it? I don't know. Yeah. And then, and then she's like, he's like going through and he's like, yeah, we, you know, we got the case. We left. Uh, we were walking down an alley. He's like, and then it was just 10 minutes gone. <laughs> and I was like, oh, they said it. There it is. Boom. Title of the movie. 10 minutes just gone. And then she, and then she her reply to that is the best. It was just, well, he's like, it was just a job. And she goes, that 10 minutes took away the life we had. <laughs> Am I supposed to, I'm inferring a lot about the relationship that you had with Joe because it was not obvious from any other interactions you had. <laughs> I think if you go in thinking it's a comedy, maybe it's good. I don't know. No, I don't know. But yeah, that was weird. And then, so then he goes, he need, now he needs to track down the crew, right? Yep. So they yep. get out, they grab stuff, they get out of there. She, she's like, you got to come with me because you got to come with me if you want to live. You know, like, you're going to come after us. Oh, let's get out of here, right? And during that scene, while they're trying to get away, sure. she, she's like, oh, is that like, uh, Bruce Willis' name is Rex. I don't think we've said that yet. He didn't. Um, his character's name is Rex. And she's like, is that Rex's cleaner? And I was like, wait a second. And then she goes, like, why, why would she be here? And you're like, if you know it's a cleaner, like in quotes. Yeah. Well, why wouldn't you think that, that she would be here? <laughs> also, like the chant, like her just spotting her, like all the way, like so far away, like in the alley. Like, is that was that Rex's cleaner? We gotta get out of here. Yeah. You're like, why is Bruce Willis in this movie at all? Like, he's yeah. not. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so yeah. Actor. Yeah. And then they just sneak out the back alley, and they get in the car, and then oh yeah, whatever. It's all stupid. So they get in the car, and then they they get away, right? Yep. Well, then it cuts. Or it cuts back to Bruce Willis. Oh, right, right, okay. Give him to give him a reason to be in this movie, and then he just goes. I, I only, I'm only interrupting you because you wrote this. I wrote this line down, and he just goes, "Every cop in this country is on this thing, right?" And Texas Battle goes, "Yeah." <laughs> Wait, every every cop in this country is somehow involved now in this like small like small Cincinnati bank robbery where like three cops died. Sure, but like. <laughs> <laughs> they're turning this into the into a huge thing, and it's not a huge thing. <laughs> no, it's not. I guess the I guess like he, there is a mention about the feds, but then they wash that aside. Where Bruce Willis just like the feds are a bunch of idiots, right? It's like hey, I guess they would get involved with sometimes bank robberies, but it seems a bit much. Yeah, probably not. Like they didn't even they didn't even get away. They got away with a safety deposit box. Like they didn't get away with like they couldn't have known what was in there either. <laughs> no, they didn't even take any money, did they? Oh, they didn't take anything except the safety deposit box. <laughs> yeah. Fucking stupid. So uh, then he's got to track down everyone in the crew, right? He's got to yeah. like, I got to figure out what happened fucking for the 10 minutes I was gone in the dally. Yep. So the first guy he finds is uh, whatever the fuck his name is. Dak, Dex, Dex, no, not Dex, uh, Baxter. Yeah. Fucking bro. The guy who basically was like, he was like point break like light basically he's like all surfery like he's like i don't remember his dialogue was wicked yeah. stupid yeah the lines are written for, so right before that when right like when he's about to walk in there um like 
you get Meadow Williams asking all of the questions like, what happened? Who is he? Where are we going? Like, you're like, oh, great. Michael Chickles can just explain the movie to me again. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, he's like, we're going to go find the crew. And she's like, okay. Uh, he's like, let's start with Baxter. So they go with Baxter. And I love all of the lines. Like, I wrote down a bunch of them because they're ruthless. Like, when his first line is like, we in some gnarly shit, Haas. Yeah. <laughs> what? And then he's like, oh, what happened? Like, like what happened when the, when the alarm went off? And he goes, I got the hell out of Dodge when the alarm chimed. And then, and then we watched, this is the first time we watched the shootout again. <laughs> right. That's right. We go back now because he, he explains what he, his perspective of the situation, right? Which is basically just shooting. And it's the same fucking scene we saw already, which is fucking boring. Yep. Yep. And then, uh, and then he goes, and then the next line when he's like, well, what do we do now? And like, it's like, I don't know, like the big kahuna might send out Ivory. And this was the first time that they mentioned her by name. And so I was just like, who's Ivory? Like, what are they talking about? That's right. Like, what does this sentence mean? The big kahuna might send out Ivory. And I was like, is Ivory, Ivory, like, bone like like elephant tusks or like what are, what are we talking here is ivory some kind of euphemism like <laughs> no that's right i forgot they, they had made no mention of her name right they just showed her and they're like oh that's that's his cleaner they didn't mention her by name and that was the fir- that was the second time you saw her maybe yeah. he slipped her name in like the first time you see her with bruce willis i don't think so i don't even think so i think this was literally the first time they mentioned it <laughs> Fucking terrible. So then they do this terrible dialogue. He looks at his phone, clearly getting a message from someone to say, we're cleaning house, right? Exactly. Kill him. The fucking, <laughs> the fucking shit goes down and these two get in a gunfight. I have to say, he, so this guy fucking Baxter, whatever the fuck his name is, right? Fucking yeah. bro. He lights his... <laughs> what, a, what a terrible way to start the gunfight. <laughs> he lights... He lights his cigarette, right? And he's like, yeah, man, guess we're, isn't he says like the line or gnarly, whatever, or he says something, but then he flicks, and then when he, he flicks the cigarette at Michael Chiklis, and Chiklis ducks. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fucking cigarette. Shoot, like, what? Michael Chiklis has a gun trained on him the whole time. Like, he <laughs> Dude, like, take the little fucking burn you might get from a flick cigarette, which, by the way, you're wearing clothes. <laughs> what? It wasn't even like it hit him in the face. I was just like, and by the way, it was a well-flick cigarette, but it was just like, and yeah. he completely ducks, and then the guy gets a chance to pull out a gun. Like, and then this gun takes an hour. They're, like, wasting so much ammo. So much ammo. Like, how much ammo do they have on them? There's no way they, no. I, don't know. I just wrote down, this is just a long episode of whatever the last TV show Chicklist was in. <laughs> oh, yeah, I almost choked my beer. Yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much it, right? And then the crazy, lots of gunfire, blah, 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 blah. Nothing really actually happens. There's actually nothing happening. They're just shooting bullets, wasting, <laughs> wasting, basically wasting blanks, right? Yep. Fucking digital film. And then you like dancing? Oh, then the fucking, oh, I love a good, it's not good though, but it's bad. But I like good, bad, like pre-kill lines, like the 80s Schwarzenegger, like he was probably the king of that stuff, right? But yeah. so Chickles just drops down the, to, to the ground and it's just like, you like the dance? And he shoots him in the shin. 
that's the line you come up with? I hope not. <laughs> like that's the one you go. That's your. That's your fucking. That's your debilitating like line to say to a guy like as you're like getting about to take him down. You like to dance. Gets a little bit of information out of him, right? Like not much, and then he shoots him. So hold on. So we got he. So they sit there having a conversation, right? And then they flash back to the bank. And did, did they mention something that the bank was flooded? Oh yeah, they do. Well, so yes, you're right. So well, no, they flash back to Bruce Willis, and he's in the yes. plane, and they're explaining. Yeah, they're like, oh, well, he's like, well, why today? Like, why do we have to do this right now? Blah blah. blah. And Texas battles like. Well, because the bank was flooded and they were going to move the stuff from the safety deposit box. Or, like, it's the most convoluted reason for why it had to happen. And then I, I wrote it down because Bruce Willis goes, uh, it's a Texas battle. He's like, well, you didn't, like, you didn't tell me about this. Well, what? Goes, Your job was to tell the fucking truth. Wait, was it? <laughs> also, like, I'm no, I'm no, like, expert here, but isn't, like... I mean, since that, like, how, what was it flooded by what? Yeah, I don't know. Flooded by, like, that river that's on fire, right? That's a Cincinnati thing? Is it? Is that, is that Cleveland? I think that might be Cleveland. It's Cleveland. I mean, there's, like, the Ohio River, but, like, did the Ohio River, like, ever, was that ever a thing where it, like, flooded that bad where, like, an entire building was flooded? No. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't a river. Maybe it was like uh, like a uh, like a water main busted. But still, like literally, because I remember looking when they were walking through and they had all the safety pockets. They're all like rusted. It was like really weird. Was, like this is kind of strange. Why is this like this? Yeah, it was like all the way up to the ceiling of just like kind of shitty. And I was like, that's so much water. Yeah, I believe it was totally flooded, but it's also still fully in use. Like there's no yeah. way it would be open. Like they wouldn't be like it was just a regular bank. There were like thirty customers in there. There were so many people. Yeah. <laughs> That threw me off. Uh, definitely way more. Like again, they flash back to, to Bruce Willis and Texas battle there, and it's just fucking exposition city. It's just like exposition. exposition. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, well, and then I love one thing that I wanted to note about Bruce Willis's delivery on all these lines. I don't know if it's something that bothered you. But he's like so whiny. Like the character is like, well, he never gave me a reason to doubt before. Like talking, yeah. to Mike, and you're like, aren't you like a badass mastermind here? <laughs> you're a whiny you're a whiny asshole just asking like so many questions for someone who's a mastermind you're supposed to have all the answers like yeah. you're supposed to have this shit figured out that's why we're doing this <laughs> so we're still with we're still with point break light there and chickless has got him he's no longer able to dance because he took a shot to the shin which by the way he probably recovered fine be able to dance again that's another side point yep and then he does the old six shooter to get information out of this guy, right? Be like, what the hell happened? And he re-explains, we have to watch the fucking bank heist again. So this was great. So he does the old Russian roulette move, right? Where he has a six shooter on, which when did he have a six shooter on? Like, where did he get that from? Oh, the girl had it. She came out, that's right, because she came out, remember? Yeah. He was like, oh, you're supposed to stay in the car, which by the way, she never stays in the car. Um, This is such a ruthless form of torture. And also a awful way to get information. Like, right? Like, so he does, he puts one bullet in to the six shooter, does the old spin it, right? And he's like, get your information. What if the fucking first shot was like, just killed him? Yeah, he's just dry firing on this guy, or assumingly that he's dry firing on him. And it's like, you, what if you're not? <laughs> like, what if you just shoot him the first time? Like, guess I'm not going to get any information. But he does end up getting information out of him that's important, right? Yes, yes. And like, well, and then so, the, like, Meta Williams has a couple of good lines here, too. Who, she's, like, 
for whatever she, I don't know how much she paid to be in this movie, uh, if that's true, yeah. but she did not get her money's worth because she had like four lines in the whole movie. And I love when she goes, she just like matter of factly says like, well, hardest part about working in a bar is figuring out who's drunk and who's just stupid. <laughs> and we're like, what? And then like, and then Baxter's like, well, the guy's no sucker. And I'm like, who talks like this? Like, why are any of these people talking like this? <laughs> then he's doing the Russian roulette thing. He gets information out of him. Surprisingly, pulls off five fucking empty chamber shots on him, right? Like, click, yeah. click, click, click. And he's like, every reaction's so funny, right? Yeah. And then, and then there's a moment where, like, Chickless's character gets distracted or something and backs fucking point break light, makes a move for him, right? And they have, like, this little tug-of-war thing and they're holding the gun. And then he, he, he shoots Baxter in the head, right? And right after it, that was close. Like, that was a line. Well, because he, well, he almost shoots What's-Her-Face there. Yeah. Yeah. Would have solved all his problems. Like, right? It would have solved all the problems. <laughs> she should just like go away, go like to another room, so you're not. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, poor Claire. Never stood a chance. So we got one, one, one crew member down. Now it's on to the next guy, Marshall, the other guy who was like the, you know, the, the muscle there, right? Right. Who's hanging out at a place called the Raw Deal. The Raw Deal, and it's just a back alley casino in Cincinnati, apparently, right? Yep. Which is. An awesome name for a back alley casino in Cincinnati. <laughs> uh, absolutely. If I ever go back to Cincinnati, which I've been there once, if I ever go back there, I'm going to look for a raw deal. Yes, absolutely. Um, this is where I like start to question like kind of director's motives here, right? Because everything should have a reason for being, right? Yeah. Every shot, everything should have a reason, right? Yep. And we get to this casino and girls in the car – Chickless walks up, does, you know, whatever, slips the guy some money, he goes in, and then we get into the casino, and they're doing shots of the casino, it's just a warehouse with, like, a couple craps tables, poker tables, whatever, and, like, the same 10 people are on the bar down the street, right? Yep. But, like, there's all of a sudden, like, random, like, lens flare everywhere, I'm not sure if you caught this, like, the casino only, only in the casino scene was, like, this weird lens flare stuff that has never been in any other scene or any other shot in the movie, and all of a sudden, like, the casino is, like, I don't, I didn't get why it just felt really random and like kind of out of place. It's just like, is this to show it's. I think he, I think he was going for, I I think I'm assuming this is Brian A. Miller, probably his influence on here. I think he's trying to do a JJ Abrams thing. (laughs) I mean, we all know JJ loves his lens fair, but this was just bad. It was just weird. I don't know. Anyways. So. Yeah. I was just saying Frank comes in looking for Marshall and Marshall's like first line to him is Frank. That was some fucked up shit today. (laughs) what (laughs) this guy's whole alibi was to go to the casino and if he got picked up he'd just be like yeah i was just at this raw deal probably illegal casino all day well they paid off the cops remember that was a exposition bit that we had him at the beginning (laughs) uh, he's he's telling claire uh chickless is telling claire like oh yeah uh you know marshall's got this place where he pays off the cops and they don't they like they get some big time high rollers in there and Nobody pays attention to this. That's right. That's right. And then it's tensions building. Marshall's got his bros there. They got their hands on their guns. Chickless has got his gun on on Marshall. Marshall's kind of like this crazy, you know, he's trying to be whatever. He's fucking terrible. He says this awesome line, why you fucking my sunny disposition, Frank, which is just like, that's a great line. And then shit hits the fan. Frank turns, fucking pops fucking three, four guys in a row. 
Right. Well, wait, right before that, we watched the footage again of the shootout at the bank. <laughs> we had to go through Marshall's perspective of the whole thing, and then he goes through, and it's just like, okay, again, same stupid, shitty shootout. And then the shootout, and then the shootout ha- here happens at the raw deal. Right, raw deal. Everyone's getting a fucking raw deal at this point, right? Chickless yeah. turns, fucking boom, 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 blasts away the three, four bro henchmen behind him. Yep. And then takes a shot at Marshall, doesn't hit him. And then there's this really random thing where I don't remember, like, so it's, it's daytime and there's tons of daylight coming through into this warehouse. Yep. But then above the poker table is like this shitty, like, you know, um, what do they call it? Uh, you know, light or I'm trying to get like the, with the tubes there. Just guys blanking on it, but fluorescent. thank you. Fluorescent lights. Right. Yep. And he just shoots the light. Yep. Why? <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. No one knows. Like just, it was just wasting of bullets, like just wasting of, of ammo for no reason at all. He just looks up and shoots the light. Like, is that like supposed to get glass on him? Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming in like whatever uh, his like little SUV is outside that he has there, he's just got like buckets of ammunition. Like tons of it. <laughs> so, uh, none of those, yeah. <laughs> then he escapes out of that, right? Hops in the car and Meadow Williams is in the past. So she's driving now and she's just like, what? And he's like, drive, get out of here. Like, and Somehow they fire a million shots after the SUV. They don't even break a window. There's no marks on the SUV whatsoever. Uh, and then, and then this is when, uh, this is when I knew that the character Ivory existed. That's yeah. when I shows up and I go, Oh, I literally wrote my notes. Oh, that's Ivory. That's when you connected Ivory to the person who's like this badass number two for, for Bruce Willis's character. Yeah, the cleaner. The cleaner, right. Yes. Uh, finally, this is the point. We're, at this, we're probably more than halfway through the movie now. And yeah. I'm like, oh, that's Ivory. Oh, okay. Why didn't they just say so? <laughs> the exp- there was exposition for everything else. Why not telling us who Ivory was? <laughs> Marshall's like trying to, he's like, we got to get the fuck out of here. They're taking all the money. Him and two is jabronis. They're grabbing all the money off the, off the, the, the tables there. Yep. She walks in, blasts the two guys next to him. Yep. I forget even what the fucking conversation was between, between her and that guy. For because, yeah. Oh, he, she, he just goes, uh, and then after he calls Bruce, she calls Bruce Willis, right? That's and, right. And then she just goes, oh, like, uh, I guess your markers are getting called in. And then she shoots him. Right, right, right. And then there's, like, the most ridiculous, like, he's like, Bruce Willis, like, oh, you got to sanitize the place. It's like, why? <laughs> why? And then, like, like, what do you, why, like, why? Who, do you, who cares? Like, it's a fucking, why? Like, there's yeah. no reason at all. And it's just for the shot of her walking away in slow-mo as the building blows up and, like, fire comes out of the front of it. Well, I think so. I think sanitize here might is supposed to be like a euphemism for 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 her cleaning, right? Like, I think it's, I think it's like they're again. It, you're right. It doesn't make any sense, but I think they're trying to like go with the analogy there. And then like, I love how they keep saying five O to each other. They're like, oh well, like something about the five O. I'm like, this is like an awful Starsky and Hutch like yeah. parody that we're seeing. Like, this seems like something they would have done in like the early two thousands. Yeah, uh, like bad writing. But this happened last year. And then, yeah, I had a note, too, about, like, why is Bruce Willis ordering all of the, the crew dead? Like, it seems like the messiest possible way to do this, where he's like, yeah. there are, there's probably, like, 15 dead people now that wouldn't have been before, 
There's two, two like exploded and burned out buildings that they now have to explain. Like, this is the worst possible way to do all of this. <laughs> yeah, for a job that's supposed to be so easy, and it's literally just being disrupted by a bartender, which we'll get to. Yeah, for half a million dollars, a for job worth half a million dollars. Half a million dollars. Let's get to keep that in mind because no one knows what's actually in the case. No one knows what's in the box until later, right? Yeah, but my point is, even if they did, it doesn't matter because it's still not worth that much. <laughs> it's not worth like there's so there's like there's fifty people that have died in this movie so far. <laughs> Was it three million or thirty million in the diamonds? Thirty million. I mean, that's that's a pretty good payout. Uh, it's a good score, but it's not like the, I mean, that's, I'm thinking of like Ocean's Eleven. Think about like Ocean's Eleven, where they're like going after like like hundreds of millions of dollars, like something where it's like. Hmm. It's like an actual big score, you know. Like, there's a scale, though, because I, I, I like, I, I, I kind of disagree with you because, like, but there is a scale, though, because this is supposed. It was supposed to be an easy job. Yes, exactly. So it's easy job for thirty million. All right, take that. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I don't. Know. Yeah, the whole thing it it should piss me off because I'm like, this. They're not. They're giving up everything for so little reward. Yeah. <laughs> we cut back to Bruce Willis again. More expositions, more questions. Is the questions heightened? It's really weird. Yeah, but then they get the mysterious phone call. On the really cool uh, encrypted phone calling machine thing, I guess. I don't know what the fuck that thing was. Like the sat phone that they have in the... <laughs> like, why would they... What? Whatever. Spoilers ahead here. Like, we know Claire is the one who's behind... She's the one who's, who's flipped the switch here, right? She was there at the very beginning. She heard the entire heist. She knows everything that's going on. Uh, I do have a comment about her reasoning uh, for doing this, which is fucking hilarious. Um, is she how, is she using some microphone voice trans like modulator thing? Because when she calls into Bruce Willis, she's like, "And how does she have their number?" Like, I don't know. It's, it's lots, of questions, lots of questions, but I love the the actual words of her conversation there, which yeah. is like, "Eat this place." She's like, "She's like, bring me half a million dollars, place TBD." Yeah. <laughs> Wait. What? <laughs> what? I actually was like, I was like, I'm waiting for Bruce Willis to be like. Does anyone know where TBD is? Is that like a bar or something? He was asking so many questions. It's fucking terrible. And then, right. then Wilson's response to that is liquidate everyone. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. And then this is the first time I wrote it down where I just go, it's definitely Claire that did this. <laughs> <laughs> so it took me it took me halfway through the movie, and I think it's because she had so few lines, but I was like, oh, it's definitely Claire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a hunch uh, at the very beginning because they gave her two. They gave her that weird moment in the be- very beginning when she was like, "Your money's no good here." Like yeah. that, even alone, I was like, "All right, she's got to be. She's involved in some fucking twisty shit here." But I didn't. Not to this point, and I didn't figure. I didn't yeah. this whole thing. Um, yeah. All right, so we're down. So we, we he's still tracking. Trickless character still tracking down uh, down um, with the rest of the crew. We've got we got, Max, we got Surfer Bro down. We got Marshall down, and then. Griff is left. He's looking for Griff. Griff, right, because Joe is dead. He's looking for Griff. So Griff was the tech guy, and Griff is like now in the viewer's mind should be the one that we all think, oh, it's Griff. That's right. Yeah, it, was, it must be him, right? And so we went to the hospital there, and I love how the opening line here, there's like that random sex worker, and she's like, these were good enough for you last night. <laughs> You're like, what a time line that has nothing to do with anything. Which, by the way, so I so it was it wasn't a hospital. It was like a motel turned into like a hospital where like sketchy doctor does shit, right? 
Sorry, I meant underground hospital. Underground hospital, right? Where you go and like, and, and motel that, you know, whatever you can go and do hourly, because hourly rates, right? Yes. But I also love like that, yeah, that sketchy, like sex worker. She's talking to the guy behind the fucking, the two inch plexi, uh, bulletproof glass, which we'll get to in a moment, which is very important. So she says this, but did you also notice like her accent was like, was that like a South, like a Southie Boston or New Yorker accent? It was like definitely trying to depict her as being way more trashy. No one in Ohio has that accent. Thousand percent New York. <laughs> it's like how no one in Cincinnati has that fucking accent. <laughs> yeah, makes no sense. And I love it. And uh, if you're a sex worker, why would you move from probably a city where you can make more money, New York, to Cincinnati? Also great question. Unless, you know, maybe you got a, some run-ins with the law, like you're trying to get out of Dodge. <laughs> I think I'd be into like a, like a side character movie where we just follow. I, I loved her. She was great. She was, what a, like, she was spicy. She was fun. I thought it was great. So then Chickless and uh, Claire, they come into the place. They're trying to get to the doctor because they're trying to find where Griff is because he took a bullet, right? So they're, they're thinking he came here. At least that's, I think, how it was set up, right? Exactly. And then like, and the guy behind the counter there is like, uh, just, he's like, he's like, first he, he tries to throw them off and be like, Oh no, this isn't what you think it is. And then he's like, no, we want to see the doctor. And he's like, Oh, okay. And he's like, well, 500 for an operating room. And I was like, what, like, what are, are we sticking with this now? <laughs> like, what a weird, what a weird conversation we're having, but I, I don't hate it. She also set up that room where, so it's like this lobby and there's like the hotel, whatever you want to call them, the big, guest services there guy and then there's there's this, like this random like homeless guy i think playing checkers or was that japanese uh or um yeah playing? i think i think he was a security guy i think he was supposed to be like muscle for the for the back office guy like i think he was because he there was a point where he almost did something <laughs> right and and like I, and chickless just beat him up and i was like really easily like probably unnecessary definitely didn't need to beat these people up but you know, uh, and this was again when I wrote like, wow, Chickless is really outacting Bruce Willis in this movie. <laughs> so it's like so much emotion into his role. <laughs> yeah. He gave it his all. I think it was the plucked eyebrows. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. They get, so they get upstairs and get, they find the doctor. He's working on some random dude, pulling a bullet out, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Him, hey, where, where did uh, Griff go? Yep. He's like, finally takes him down to the room. Claire is watching the guy, random guy in the room. Like, I don't know why. Who gives a shit? Um, I'm pissed that she killed that guy. What's that? I'm pissed that she killed that guy. I was so mad. I was like, oh, why did Claire kill that guy? He didn't yeah. do <laughs> There was like no reason at all, I think, to do that. So, but they get, I'm only getting leading up. So they, they, they go down to the room where Griff was supposed to be. They open up the room. He's not in there. Yep. The window is open. And I'm getting to this because like there was a specific line the doctor said. I just was like, the window is open. Clearly, Griff snuck out the window and went down the stairs. Yep. The back alley, you know, the fire escape. Chickless character looks at the doctor and the doctor says, gone with the wind, I think. Yep, I remember that. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was, I was like, who wrote that line? I was like. It's somebody, whoever wrote, like the people who wrote this movie were trying to write like a 20s, 30s, like mystery thriller. Mm. Like, I get what they were going for, I think, but they should have said it in 2019 like they did. <laughs> like, like, they picked the wrong... If, they, if this was set in the 20s or 30s, I think it would have been a way better movie. Because it would have been like, oh, yeah, they would have been stupid like that. Yeah, they would have done stupid shit like this. So... We were idiots 100 years ago. Sure. <laughs> 
Unbelievable. So we got Griff is on the run. Chickless is after him with the Lady Claire, who we know is now at this point. She's well, we don't know the characters in the movie don't know she's a bad guy, but right. Well, she's the one who took ten minutes away from Chickless. Right. And then it's Ivory. We cut down to like two <laughs> Ivory on the screen there in the doctor's office. He's got videos apparently, also video feeds all over the hotel, which yeah. is. And then they're like watching Ivory like do all this shit in the lobby. And you're like throwing the huge guy. Like she's, cause you, this is what you wanted to talk about. I'm assuming of the guy behind the bulletproof glass. So good. Yeah, so he's behind the bullet. The, the guy who runs the hotel, he's behind a bulletproof glass. She pulls out her gun and just fucking shoots the glass. He's like two inches thick, right? Two bullets, three bullets, right? Yep. The bum, the homeless guy, he already got his ass kicked by Chickless. Like no problem. Tries to go after her. She just, quickly just beats the shit out of him and then <laughs> she doesn't even beat the shit out of him she starts just throwing him into the window <laughs> saddest thing i've ever seen like <laughs> i felt bad for the homeless guy I mean, he's homeless i'm going he's not a bodyguard he's a homeless guy i felt bad because like it, it was so goofy and so fucking weird and funny and i'm like wait is it is the force of you throwing this homeless guy into the window gonna crack the window, but bullets wouldn't? Yes, apparently. Is that am I crazy? Is that crazy? Is that crazy thoughts? Like, well, and that's where like I think they're trying to show that Ivory is very strong. I think they're trying to show that like I don't know. I'm assuming I'm giving a, I'm being very generous to the filmmakers here and assuming that they're like trying to show us something with this scene, but I, no, realistically, I don't think they're trying to show us. Anything. No, I just think it was just, it was weird. So they, they escape, right? And then... While that's, wait, but while that's happening, and before they kill the doctor, uh, before Ivory kills the doctor, uh, Chickless is, like, torturing him, right, with the, with the laughing gas. <laughs> and then he's just grabbing his dick the whole time. And you're like, wait, why is, Chickless, why is Michael Chickless grabbing that guy's dick? Like, that seems yeah, that was, necessary. Yep. Yeah, that was really weird. I didn't quite get that one. No, it's like, you're like, that's a weird way to torture someone. Like, you could, there are a million other ways you could be torturing this guy. <laughs> like, just hold him down, take one of his scalpels, and put it close to his eye. Yes. Yeah, there, yes, there's a lot of other things. <laughs> there's no doubt, I would say, 95% of the population would give up whatever information they have that you want if you put a knife to their eyeball. Sure. Sure. And, like, the doctor seemed like a really reasonable, easygoing guy. Like he probably would have been convinced by almost like pull off his fingernails. You know, that's a classic move, right? That's tough one. I don't know if I could actually do that to someone because I fucking hate that stuff. But yeah, like definitely. But just hold a like, knife to his eye. That's it. Twisting his nuts. Like that's a weird thing to do. <laughs> Unnecessary. <laughs> Uh, and then, like, so then, getting back to my point of earlier, when you're, like, for a cleaner to be doing this, like, it seems, I think at this point, she, I have, like, been keeping rough track of, like, she's killed probably, like, 25 people by now. And, like, yeah. that seems like the worst way to clean yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're actually creating more mess. Like, you still have to get rid of these bodies if you're cleaning Yes, like, and then, like, and then, and then, so the doc, she kills the doctor. He's like, go, goes out, and he's like in that hallucinating scene where they're like, whoa, the camera's going crazy. He I must- didn't fucking care. I was like, I don't care. Like, what, what? Just, I hope he just falls out the window. Like, that's all I was hoping for. Like, he's on drugs. Like, that's what drugs are. <laughs> and then, <laughs> uh, and then, and then 
she kills him, and then you, and then she's calling up Bruce Willis, and she's like, "Oh, let me fill you in on exactly what this guy said privately to Frank and Claire." Like, how does she know that? She just murdered him. She definitely didn't ask many questions. Nope. <laughs> she like, yeah. Uh, she's like, yeah. Griff went to the train station. Looks like he's going to Montreal. And you're like, how could you possibly know that? <laughs> Oh, which, by the way, I love how uh, he's going to Montreal, but everyone kept clarifying, oh, he has to make a stop at Toronto first. (laughs) Like, every single time, like, what? Sure, fine. The first time I said that, I took it as being like, oh, well, it makes a stop in Toronto. He could be in either Toronto or Montreal. Like, maybe he just got off the train early. But then you're right. Then, like, later on, they point it out again, and you're like, but he's got to make a stop in Toronto. And you're like, wait, is he is he just stopping in Toronto and then going to Montreal? What's happening? And then, in between, in between, that's when you get the big, that's when you get the big reveal of, like, Who's the Illuminati in this situation? Like, the people who are controlling uh, Texas battles, people. You're like, who is this woman? Like, who's this woman that they, they do, like, a big reveal for? What's her accent? Is that French? Like, I'm... Yeah, I was like, is this, like, a Russian thing? It was like, she was basically, she sounded like fucking Elmer Fudd. It was, like, so weird, because, like, yeah, she popped, he's on the phone with her, yep. uh, Texas battle. So it's, yep. like, there's someone else higher, but it's like, Why? Right, they made it seem like it was a big reveal. Like they're like, "Oh, this is the big plot twist." Like this is what we are, we've been waiting for the whole time. So this is going to be important later. Like, who it cares? Cares? It's never important later. Like Bruce Willis. Then in is it this scene when Bruce Willis literally just like goes, "I bet I could kill." Like we can just get rid of the middleman and kill Texas Battle, or is that way later? No, I think that's I think that's that moment. Yeah, no, it's definitely that moment. That's where he like he turns and like he's like, "Yeah, he just takes him out." I guess maybe. Bruce Willis is now going to go directly to that one, but it wasn't Matt. Like, what? what? Yeah, I don't think he knows that woman exists. Like, <laughs> no clue. I have no clue. I, at this point, I was like, I have no clue what's going on. I think this, and I was like, so st- I was so distracted by Bruce Willis's acting. I was like, is this his first time acting? Like, ever? Like, yes. The, and caper, that went, the caper that went sideways. That right. was still, that was still better than the way he said it. Yes. All right. So we meet the crazy weird accent Russian lady who's, I guess, the master mastermind. Um, and also not the master mastermind because she's never mentioned again. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a waste. Um, Nothing to do with the movie. Now we go to the kind of like the big, I guess you call it the, the big uh, the big scene here, right? Yeah, Cincinnati uh, Grand Central. <laughs> the, big, the big payoff climax uh, action set piece taking place at the Cincinnati, Ohio Union's train station. Yep. Yep. And then my first, so like they first walk in and they're like, okay, we got to find Griff. And then I love Claire goes, I've got an idea. And then Frank just walks away. (laughs) So so this, this had, let's take a quick step back here. So this, this train station sequence just blew my mind in terms of like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. So first line, they walk into the train station. <laughs> Frank, Chickless's character, literally says, I didn't know this many people still take the train. <laughs> oh, right. Uh, I was like, yeah, I mean, trains are still completely valid forms of transportation. Like, I'm pretty sure. Like, Yeah, lots of people take the train every day. Yeah. Uh, hundreds of people all around Cincinnati, I'm sure. <laughs> 
all all hundreds of people that live in Cincinnati will probably take the train to go somewhere. Yep, at least at least once a week. Who knows how often? At least a hundred and five people. I think the population's like one ten there. So you know, we didn't get an exposition to us earlier that I really would have appreciated. What day of the week is this? Like, is this a is this a Friday heist? Like, are we are we thank God it's Friday, people? Like, who are these commuters at the train station? Are there That's people? Because it is a pre- it is a pretty busy train station, so it's got to be rush hour. Um, yep. I would assume. Um, so yeah, maybe like a Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. You don't plan a heist on a Friday. Everyone's expecting that, you know? Right. Good call. Yeah. You want to have weekend cash. Right. Yeah. So he says that. Uh, so they get in there and they're kind of like, oh, man, how do we find him? First of all, train stations generally, even big ones, aren't really that big. And if you right. already know he's going to Montreal, and I don't know if they, they glazed over this, so maybe I missed it. Maybe I took a nap. But I think he fell asleep because they did do this where they were like, all right, which train goes to Montreal? And they were like looking at the train thing and they were like, oh, that one only goes to Toronto. And they were like, well, didn't you say they have a stop in Toronto? And she's like, well, yeah, but, but we're looking for an end. Like they, this, they talked this out. They're like, oh, but we're looking for an end of the line is Montreal. Uh, and then she goes, he goes like, oh, track four. That must be over there. <laughs> like, so, okay. yes. And then, so now, you, I think you were, you, were, you were alluding to it. Then Claire goes, I've got an idea. I don't get what this idea is. Maybe you do. Well, yeah. So I, I get the idea, and I'm glad that she did it. It was kind of smart, uh, I guess. But Frank just walks away, which I thought was hysterical. Like she yeah. goes, I get the idea. She walks over to like the uh, conductor announcer area there, uh, and Frank just like walks upstairs. You're like, okay, bye, Michael Chiklis. Uh, and then she, her idea, and this is what I'm thinking she was trying to do, is like get him to look up. Because, like, get Griff to look up. Because she's like, oh, uh, like, my child is lost. His name is Griff, and he, like, is wearing these clothes. And uh, so, like, I think she was trying to, like, describe him and get him to, like, acknowledge the voice and the speakers and, like, know that they're there, which I don't think is a great plan because you immediately lose all element of surprise, right? Like, yeah. oh, let's announce there's someone here looking for you. Yeah. Uh, but it, it could have worked. Uh, and that he could have looked up, but he also didn't. He looked up when he saw Michael Chiklis. Yeah. He, he's just like, oh, he's like, oh, there's Michael Chiklis. Shit. <laughs> but he's wearing an MTA costume, and he's talking to people who work at the train station. Oh, uniforms for us. What's that? Oh, uniforms for us. <laughs> yeah, so he's wearing uniforms. What did I say? So he's wearing outfit. He's in costume. costume. Well, yeah, I mean, he's in costume. <laughs> They're not. They work there. They're in uniforms. He's in costume, yeah, you're right. pretending to be someone who works there. But how did no one like not like like who are you? <laughs> yeah, he's like directing traffic. He's like, oh yeah, like go this way, everyone. And they're like, yeah, okay, sure, that guy. Like, that was the other thing too. Like it trained like it like yeah, it was busy time, but like it wasn't like it was that there was that many people where he needed to direct people traffic. Yeah. Also, if. What, what was his goal? Like, was he going to get on, he was getting on a train. Why wouldn't he just go get on a train and, and, and leave? Yeah. I mean, yes. A million factors. I mean, he like, well, like Frank said, he's going to wait till the last minute to get on that train because for some reason that makes you less suspicious. I guess. Or he doesn't want to be on there and then Frank finds he hops on and it's like, Oh, they can you know find him. But 
Yeah, but also kind of ridiculous. I think it makes you way more suspicious to be the guy who's the last guy on the train, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, like, oh, wait, oh, dude, but you work here. Right. <laughs> Where yeah. are you going, by the way? You work here. So then Ivory finds Frank upstairs when right after Frank makes eye contact with Griff, that's when Ivory shows up. That's right. And she, like, brings him into the bathroom, weirdly, and, like, why isn't she just killing him? Like, she's killed so many people. Everyone. <laughs> yeah. She's killed everyone in this movie so far. Why wouldn't she kill Frank? That was my first thought, too. He also, she also brings him in the ladies' room. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, why not just shoot him? Just bring him in there, shoot him in the bathroom, go find the Griff guy, because clearly she's, that, she's supposed to be that good as a cleaner. Go find the Griff guy, shoot him, take the bag, and go about your day. She already knew that she was looking for Griff. She already knew all of these things. Yeah. Like, it doesn't make any sense. And then, uh, and then she, so she calls Bruce Willis on the phone, and she's, like, blaming her burning all of these other places, like, exploding all of these other buildings. She's blaming it on Frank, remember? She's like, oh, like, you made me do this. Like, why did you make me kill all those people? You're like, wait, no, Frank's just, he's just a guy trying to solve the crime. Of his, who killed his brother? Yeah. Like, get yeah. off of him. Yeah. He's just, you know, he's just the best safe cracker outside of New York City, just trying to, you know, understand what happened for those 10 minutes he was sleeping in an alley. Exactly. And that's when you get the Bruce Willis, I doubt the feds are really that smart. And no, like, yeah. Well, why are we doing any of this? Like, why didn't, why didn't the jewel thief, because they explain that whole story of like, oh, this jewel thief robbed these $30 million worth of jewels uh, and then fled the country to a non-extradition place. And then did whatever. Like, why didn't the jewel thief just have someone else that's in the country go get their shit out of the safe deposit box? Like, mail them the key. Like, like this didn't seem like the kind of bank where they're like, "Oh, I need to make sure that you're the guy that you are." Like, just go walk in, like, whip out your key, get your shit out of the safe deposit box, go home. Like, you could have avoided the whole situation if you were trying to coordinate this. Also. So, first of all, yeah, why didn't Ivory just shoot him? Second of all, like, once he, like, talks his way out of that situation, why didn't she help him find this guy Griff? Like, why isn't there more, like... Partnership? Yeah, that too. That's a great call. Like, if okay, you need to find this Griff guy. Well, why isn't she supposed to be so badass and awesome? Why, why not the both of you go and find him, you know? And then, like, and then Bruce Willis is, like, got another couple good 20s, 30s lines where he's like, you're a tough Mick, Frank. I'm like... I don't, think, I don't think you're allowed to say that anymore. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think that's... <laughs> oh, my God. So then they Frank goes and tries to track down Griff. He spots him. They spot each other. They have the eye moment. They walk out conveniently to a construction area so no one's around. No one's doing any construction on this Wednesday, Thursday, whatever fucking afternoon it is, which is... Which is ridiculous, right? So they're in this construction tunnel that's, I guess, in the train station. It's probably a busway or something like that. And then they all start shooting immediately, right? Yeah. Like just like gunfire in like this tunnel area that's part of the Union Station train station area. Yep. And I know cops do show up at some point, but man, it, it's a slow response because this is a long gunfight. Yeah, I, I wrote down. I said, how do the cops get to the bank in five seconds but then take a thousand years to get to a giant shootout, shootout at the train station? With way more people. Like, this is a way more public, way more dire situation than the bank. Uh, well, you know, we find out five minutes from now that, you know, Claire tipped them off of the bank. But still, she didn't tip them off until after the guys were inside. Mm-hmm. You're saying somehow the, they were there so quick. to, And you know what? Maybe this is a commentary on America's police. 
<laughs> and like protecting the big money, you're like, well, yeah, well, the bank, we, well, we're going to protect the bank, but the like, train station. Train station, bucket, right? We'll get there when we get there. There's only a, a, like 95% of the population of Cincinnati is there. All 106 people are there, you know? It's like, whatever. Yeah. And then, like, so then, uh, then they start con- confronting each other, right? Yep. Having a conversation, like, basically, what's his face? Griff is trying to tell Frank, like, hey. And he says, he literally says this line. They're, like, talking, like, confronting each other. And, and uh, Griff says this line. He's like, I didn't do anything, Frank. And I, I love Chickles' character. <laughs> he just goes like this. He's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, like, there's, like, no response to it. Like, oh, yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah, and then Chickles is like, we were a crew, man. And you're like, you killed all of those guys. Yeah, like straight up murder them. <laughs> what? Then as soon as as soon as Griff gets shot by Ivory, yeah. he goes, Chickles starts calling him Griffy, and I'm like, wait a second. What? Like, wait, we're a family. Like, yeah. I also love how like they're standing there and like they make up, and then like there was this really awkward moment where they're like, this is totally like a, I think like a weird blocking thing, but like. Do you notice how like they were standing like far apart and yeah. they're like, they're making up. Right. And then Chickless does this weird thing where he just like steps like really yeah. close to him and they're just standing there and it's like waiting to be shot. All right. It's going to happen. And like, then move to, move to your queue. You see the queue? Like go move to he just takes like one big step, like across the entire screen, like right up to Griff's face. And then they're like, they do another tight beat, like between them. They're just standing there like, no dialogue, nothing for like two seconds. What's happening? I just said that because I thought exactly the same thing when I saw it and I com- I didn't write it down and I completely forgot about it until you just said it again. But I was like, wait a second, like what? What? <laughs> Why did they do that? <laughs> it was so awkward. Yeah. So then Griff gets shot by, obviously, Ivory, right? And then but- he's really belaboring opening this backpack. Like... I feel like that took an unnecessary two minutes of her just being like fumbling with the zipper. (laughs) Grab the bag, shoot Frank, and get the fuck out of there. There are a million opportunities here. Like just pop him in the head and move on with your life, right? So she's flipping through the bag. I also can't, I couldn't stand how she was holding the gun. Yep. The entire time she did like this weird, like, it was like, there's like, they did a close up and was like, awkwardly like kind of angled like at a 75 degree angle and it was like sloppily like to her side it's like is that is that how you hold a gun i don't know i think i've watched much better films that had a bigger budget who had like the training for people to actually hold guns properly i was like i don't think that's how you would hold a gun no definitely like i don't know maybe maybe down i don't know it felt like a it, you know what it felt like a gangster thing like that whole like you keep it low like hey yeah see here you know what's in the bag yeah, it's not how you shoot guns <laughs> No, <laughs> she was. She did have an amazing shot though, because remember she did the no look shot of the guy at the hotel, the motel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. Uh, and then yeah, and then they give the big reveal of Claire. Yep, because Claire comes in, she shoots Ivory. Yep. Then I go. I wrote. Call let's, let's let's yep. I wrote. I just started. I was like, wow. So let's just let's put this all in context. Now. So we've got Ivory, the badass cleaner hit woman. She gets shot by a bartender. Yep, a bad bartender. Bad bartender, a terrible bad, uh, terrible bartender, and terrible girlfriend, uh, who basically just listened on the heist and was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this." And has had four lines in the whole movie. Yep. She shoots the badass. So this is like, this kind of reminded me of like that moment in uh in uh 
I, I fucking love the movie, but um, do you remember Collateral? Tom Cruise and, and Jamie Foxx? Yeah. Like the end of that was like so like, you literally have like a trained fucking hitman who's been like executing people left and right. Like it's his job, but like, perf- like perfectly. Yep. And then there's like this stupid shootout at the end and Jamie Foxx happens to clip him. The most contrived. Like, <laughs> oh, it's like, it's so like, how do we end this movie? Well, let's just have fucking flashing lights and he gets a fucking lucky shot off. It's like, no, no. Yep. Yeah, and then and then Chiklis goes, "You greedy bitch!" Oh, I wrote that. Down. Oh man, you greedy bitch! Like, wait a second. I was like, she's still only gonna get five hundred grand. Little money, like five hundred grand would pay off like a few of my debts, like a good down payment on a house. Like, I, like five hundred grand is no money. <laughs> but she knew it was in the. Uh, well, remember, so this is the moment where now we have. It was. I wrote down. I was like this. <laughs> So Claire comes out, shoots Ivy, Ivy's down, right? And then Frank looks at her and he's like, I, this quote, I fucking love this line. You got to be shitting me. And I was like, yep, that's, that, yeah, that's pretty much what's going through my head too. They just run into like this massive exposition. It was like a moment, like it's like the end of a, a Scooby-Doo episode where they just fucking pull off the mask. Like I would have gotten away with them for you fucking old bald yeah. white guys. Yeah. And she just tells the entire thing. Yes, which I loved. And then she's, Shoot him. Just shoot him. Grab the bag and move on. So yeah. much time hung up on, it was my favorite part, when she's like, uh, when it shows her shooting Joe, the brother, um, in the alley there, and she's mm-hmm. like, do you know how to get into this? Like, how do we get into the lockbox? Blah, blah, blah. And you're like, he's like, no, like, I don't have a key. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And like, they, make, they make it into a huge deal. There's like two or three minutes of a movie dedicated to like, how do we get into the lockbox? Yeah. When they show her bringing it back to the bar and getting into it in less than two seconds with a bobby pin. Yep. I like, taught myself how to pick rocks a couple of years ago, humble brag, uh, because I was like, this can be a useful skill. It takes way more than two seconds, even if you know exactly what you're doing. And if you have like rock picks, like you're not just using a bobby pin. If you have like actual tools designed for the job, it still yep. takes probably like 10 seconds at most. Like yeah. you, there's no way after she made such a huge deal of this that she just gets into this box. And then like, yeah. And then she's taking a thousand years to shoot people. She's explaining the whole story. She's saying everything that's going on. Why? Why? Shoot him. Why? Shoot him. Shoot yeah. him. And then, and then they reveal the big reveal, the next big reveal. Wait, uh, hold, on. hold on. Hold on. Sorry. Wait, hold on. Keep that thought. Wait. So did she, were the, so were the, so Griff had, but he had the diamonds though, right? Uh, no, no, they weren't in the bag. They were in her pocket. She like transferred them. Oh, in that's the- right. She transferred into like the eyeglass case thing. Yeah. Yeah. Why the fuck wouldn't she just get the fuck out of town? Yes. But okay. very, you just been like, hey, you know what? I got an idea. I'm gonna get a town. Why don't you meet me in fucking Toronto? Yeah, <laughs> Montreal maybe. Montreal, you know, but yeah, stop in Toronto before you get to Montreal. Everyone knows that. Um, from Cincinnati. Like, why stick around and why why be a part of all this? But I also love, yeah, you're right. So they spend, like, so she goes through this whole thing. We do a flashback back to the alley thing. Her jumping out behind the fucking thing. Big reveal. She's been the fucking one the entire time. Um, gets the drop on fucking Frank and Joe, the two fucking big thieves, right? Professional criminals. <laughs> Professional criminals. They got the drop on them. Uh but then there was a moment where Joe, like, obviously recognized her because even her stupid costume was like, "Yeah, I know it's you. You're it, you dumbass. I know it's you." 
But yeah, they spend two, three, literally two, three, two to three minutes of that interaction was the 10 minutes that Chickless lost. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. So that she's going through, but she's going through, so she's explaining everything, the entire thing, Scooby-Doo fucking ending, right, to Frank. And he's just like, oh, what? I don't know if you caught this, but, and maybe set me right, but, so she's going through the whole thing, and they re-show the fucking bank robbery, right, kind of quickly, but they show from her perspective this time. Yeah. And she's like, she's like... <laughs> It's like she's got the worst, co- like, hidden costume. It's worse than the guy with the fucking hat and the fake mustache. She's like, yeah. She's like Unabomber, female Unabomber, basically, right? It's like, wow, you look fucking suspicious. She's wearing sunglasses and a hoodie, and she's like, oh, like, oh, please, police, come to the bank. There's a robbery in progress. They just shot my boss. And you're like, yeah. okay. <laughs> and then she pulls a fire alarm. Yeah. Where was that fire alarm placed? Uh, I mean, it, the way that they made it seem like in the movie was before those guys even got into the bank. <laughs> well, no, I mean, like, actual physical placement of the fire alarm. It felt to me like she was literally outside, and the fire alarm was built into a rock wall that would, like, line the outside of the bank. It was on an exterior wall, for sure, yeah. And like, it was, like, on the sidewalk. Like, yeah. if you were walking on the sidewalk, you, there was a fire alarm. Yes. Is that a thing? No. Okay. I'm, I've never been, well, uh, I've only been to Cincinnati once. I didn't pay that much attention. Maybe they do that there? I don't think so. I was there, but would the fire alarm for a bank be? No, uh, maybe it's just a generic fire alarm. Maybe you just, like, it's an emergency, sir. Like, it's a blue, it's a, one of those blue phone things where you just, no, like. Cause, no, because, like, that, it, that was the thing that kicked off the alarm inside. Oh, I know, oh, I know, I know, I know. But I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt here. Don't. <laughs> The whole point of this is that we don't give anyone any benefits of any doubts because they don't deserve them. Yeah. So then we're getting to the next big reveal, right? Where uh, next- no, uh, I forget what the last big reveal is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the only other thing I had to comment, so she's still going through this exposition, blah, 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 blah. Uh, you greedy bitch thing was pretty funny. Um, and yeah. her whole reasoning for doing this, by the way, was, and I quote directly from the film, I wasted 10 years of my life in that bar. Yeah. <laughs> that's not that much time yeah she like made it seem like, she, like I need like a big score first of all she's making it seem like she's like 30 and I was like come on lady no. you were born in the 60s yeah. I know it you know it we all know it, we all know it. Like, you're not playing a 30 year old bartender who's like I've wasted 10 years of my life because yeah she's like I deserve to retire and you're like I know you're, I think you're trying to play a young person, but like, yeah, I guess you do deserve to retire at this point in your actual life. Like, I, none of this adds up. None of this makes any sense. You're totally right. Yeah. Like the timing, it was just like a weird frame of, oh, I deserve to retire. And you're like, like your drive? Yeah, okay. But why, not, why not just let your boyfriend rob the bank and get his cut of $100,000 and... And so, yeah, and then you keep saying, like, well, we know what the jewels are inside. The, re- the rest of these people, they never know that those are worth $30 million. So she's, right. she's still angling for the 500000 
she's still like that's her dream she's like oh bruce willis is going to show up give me a suitcase full of five hundred thousand dollars and i'm going to get away with this well until she well but she gets open the case though so at that point when she when she takes the case from joe shoots him in the alley and then gets home and, and transfers him out there's diamonds like you have to know that's more than five hundred thousand dollars right she does dude and because 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 she's still offering that as the deal she's trying to make a deal with bruce willis still Remember she like called, that's when she calls him on like the secret phone with the voice modulator. And she's like $500,000 and I'll give you the case. Like just right. Yeah. Like she knows what she's getting. She knows she's getting a half a million dollars. This is the whole, the whole movie is about half a million dollars. That's right. You're right. And she has no idea that the diamonds she just rolled out, which by the way, 30 million. Yeah. Like when she'd be like, Oh, let me check the value of these diamonds before I go. Maybe, but like you gotta fence those anyway. Like selling jewels, stealing jewels, and selling jewels is like a really hard gig to get into. As far as yeah. crime. like sell drugs or something, that's way easier. Way easier, but yeah, once you get into diamonds, yeah, I guess that's true, right? Because like Bruce Willis says at the end, he's a fence. Yeah, because you always need to find a fence, and it's a lot of work. Yeah, that's fair. That's fine. But five hundred thousand dollars, like yeah. I don't know. I just the the reasoning behind like her doing all this is like I wasted ten years of my life in that bar. She was boyfriend of the guy who was going to make a hundred thousand dollars. Like, yep. Everything that she's done, she's killed her boyfriend. She's killed so many people. About to se- kill Bruce Willis, and she's like, all of this is worth five times what I was thinking I was going to get anyway. Yep. Why? Life. Well, this is why people, dumb people, make bad decisions, right? Yes, you're right. So then, like, the next big reveal for me was when Ivory gets up. (laughs) (laughs) I almost forgot about that, right? Gets up, and you're like, wait, the big reveal here is how do you possibly have effective body armor under her shirt? She's wearing, like, a skin-tight outfit. She's doing, like, a a sexy femme fatale kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, That's her whole look. Uh, And it's, like, very clearly a skin-tight shirt. How does she have any kind of armor plating underneath that that would take? Does she li- oh, she lives. That's right. She lives, doesn't she? Yes. <laughs> yes. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's like the most important part of the end here. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Because she, she leans up and is like, she, well, that's right. Because like randomly Claire just takes two shots and she's down. I was like, well, where'd that come from? And it's I- Ivory from the ground. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So now Claire's dead. Ivory gets up like, it ain't no thing. Yep. And, then, uh, and then, yeah, and then Michael Chiklis talking to Bruce Willis is like, mm, so much for honor among thieves. <laughs> You're like, wait. What? <laughs> it was like a completely cliche line that makes no sense, has no bearing on anything. I know they said it in the beginning of the movie or something like that. Like it was referenced very early on, but it's like, this is stupid. It's so stupid. And then, <laughs> and then they, just, they just make an exchange. Like, yeah. like Michael Chiklis is like, yeah, have those diamonds or whatever. And Bruce Willis is like, all right, well, here's 500 grand. Like, smell you later. He goes, and then he, and then he Bruce Willis just goes, time to get back on the clock. Yeah. Like, wait. What? We're just going to ignore everything that happened here? Yeah. You killed the whole crew. Everything can happen all day long. Everything's fine now. I got my half million, and, like, time to get back on the next job for Bruce Willis? Is that Dude. really? Sequels, man. 15 minutes gone. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And then the cops show up. <laughs> finally, oh, CPD, finally, CPD's finest fucking show up. And Michael Chiklis is still running around being a creep, like the only person there, and they don't notice anything. Like, they're just like, person. 
just like kind of roaming around awkwardly in this construction site. Like, hey, sir, what are you doing here? Like, that guy wasn't responsible for all the gunshots and dead bodies. Yeah. Like, what? Uh, And then the last thing that I wrote, the last note that I had was the song during the credits, awful, awful, awful song. And I was couldn't find it online anywhere. Um, But I finally found somebody said if the artist is named Burns and the song is called Unstoppable and it just got never released. It was like in this movie and then never released otherwise. That's pretty awesome. Awesome. But because it's such a bad song, I'm like, well, it makes sense. I wouldn't release this either. (laughs) Unless someone wanted to pay me like three grand for it to be in a movie. I'd be like, yeah, sure. There you go. Exactly. So, I don't think I can recommend this movie. Uh, I would. I think it was fun. It was good. If you were, if you're looking to go down to the dark depths of Bruce Willis canon, like watch the movie because it's terrible. Uh, get to know uh, the producers who also seem like terrible people. Yeah, I, would, like, I, would, I, we, I don't. Yeah, we probably don't need to get into digging them, but like, yeah, yeah, we do. That's fun. That's some fun internet run. The producers yeah. of this are pretty interesting characters. Like, they definitely. Yeah. Watch it. <laughs> I get a theory that like movies like this get made for, for, for like drug dealers and cup and people and like crime Lords to like have a way to launder money. Yes, definitely. Right. <laughs> that might be a whole nother episode. We'll, we'll, we'll discuss, but like, whew, man, how, how, so yeah. So yeah, that's the end. 